Thank you for your time and attention to this training in body-centered inquiry. The practices we're going to explore have consistently helped me open to new possibilities in my life, and it's my sincere desire that you find them helpful in your life. We all want to be happy. We all want to have a sense of purpose, and we all want to know who we truly are. So let me give you a little bit of background, and then we'll dive in. My life was marked by an extraordinary event in my childhood that dramatically shaped the trajectory of my life. I grew up on a farm in the heart of the Pennsylvania Dutch country, and in many ways it was great for an introverted little kid. It was a beautiful old working farmstead set way back off on a dirt road with outbuildings, a stream, a pond, dogs, sheep, cats, occasional raccoons and other animals, and I loved the land and I loved the aliveness of nature being so close. I didn't have many friends, though. I had one friend who lived a few miles away. I'd see him occasionally outside of school when we'd meet halfway between our farms, walking across his grandfather's fields to go to his house until it was time for him to start milking the cows. Though it was a beautiful pastoral life, I was a painfully shy kid. In kindergarten, I was sent to a speech therapist because of a developing stammer, which mostly came from feeling so self-conscious around other people. And I worried about everything. I developed horrible migraines early on. They were incapacitating. I never knew when they'd strike, and that made me even more fearful. And I realize now that my anxiety was free-floating. It was anxiety waiting to happen, waiting to attach itself to something. And I clearly remember one time after some dinner conversation among English professors in my family, working with students in their PhDs, that later I was sitting on our smokehouse roof, desperately worried that there wouldn't be any good PhD theses left for me when it was my turn. And one day, for no apparent reason, I had a remarkable experience. It was a beautiful, sunny day, and there was a beautiful pine tree behind our house, and I was sitting back leaning against the pine tree. And the only way I can describe it, it's as if I merged with the tree. I felt a connection to everything, and the only way I could describe it to myself in my eight-year-old mind was like the cells in my body were like stars in the sky. I had a super heightened sense of here and now in my body. I was aware of all the details, the, the light on the grass, the sound of the wind in the trees. But there is also a deep, deep sense of presence, a sense of perfection and, and well-being. I was intimately present, and at the same time, there was a vast sense of timelessness. After a time, I don't know how long, that passed, and I remember running into the house to tell my mother, and she looked at me and said, Wash your hands. It's time for dinner. Well, her response was really quite painful, and it reinforced a sense of really being on my own. I never forgot that primal experience. Sometimes that, that feeling of connectedness and presence would return. Oftentimes when I'd be falling asleep or early in the morning just as I was waking up. But it was fleeting, and it was, it was unreliable. I was raised a Quaker, and the Quakers talk about this still, small voice within. 
the sense that there is some some inner knowing, some place of wisdom and compassion that's accessible on the inside. And all of that made sense to me. But I had no idea how to touch into that, how to get back to that place of presence. I went to a Quaker prep school, and when I was a freshman in lieu of playing mandatory afternoon soccer, I found out that I could instead go to a yoga class. And after the yoga postures, we did a yoga nidra, the the deep relaxation, with this instruction to rest deeply and pay attention. And there it was, that, that, that feeling, a sense of deep presence. Again, I was relaxed and yet awake, wanting nothing other than what was right here. Once I learned that technique, I practiced on my own, and sometimes I could recreate that feeling once again. A sense of being relaxed, awake, fully present. And soon after that, I had an opportunity to learn meditation. And I grabbed it. Anything that could take me back to that primal feeling of presence, I'd do anything. And so I learned transcendental meditation. And the first time I experienced that, I knew that this practice would be a lifetime companion. That all I had heard about this still small voice within, I now had a technology. I now had a way that I could access that. It was 41 years ago that I learned meditation and touched into that presence that I experienced when I was a little boy. And that presence still feels like the truest home, a timeless experience of presence. And over the last 40 years, all these decades have been organized around the question, what is that presence? Many, many years ago, I stopped into an ashram for lunch, and I ended up staying for over 20 years. I threw myself into the experience, years of intensive yoga practice with a vow of simplicity, a vow of celibacy. I became a teacher, a hands-on therapist, learning about this path of building energy and working with the innate intelligence of prana, the life force, through movement, through breath, through meditation. I threw myself into teaching meditation so I could share it with others, practicing and studying different traditions, different approaches, and how they affect our awareness. Those years of yoga were wonderful, but I noticed something. I noticed that building energy, having a greater emotional and somatic sensitivity, didn't necessarily create balance. In fact, myself and many others who were practicing with me oftentimes shared that they were like sailboats without a rudder. They were pulled by the forces of energy, pulled by the forces of emotion. Through the yogic practices, through chanting, and all the energetic experiences, I felt aliveness and bliss but I didn't feel clarity. I wanted more lucidity. I wanted more wisdom. And from the world of yoga, I stumbled into the world of Buddhist teachings and Buddhist practices, and I was instantly drawn to the mindfulness practices. The clarity, the precision of the practice helped me to develop a stronger sense of the witness, of my capacity to observe my unfolding experience. Over the years, I did several month-long retreats and trainings and a lot of practice. I started teaching deeply informed from my experience. 
And what I'm offering here is a synthesis of practices that have most effectively allowed me to come into deeper and deeper understanding of that presence that I cherish. The path of yoga and the path of Buddhism both lead to the same ultimate experience. But I've found that often in yoga practice there's a desire for more clarity, more lucidity and wisdom. In a sitting meditation practice, it's easy to become somewhat disassociated and have more of a desire for aliveness. And both traditions include the best of each other, but I've found it helpful to bring them together. Awareness of the body gives you access to a real sense of wholeness in the here and now. And inquiry, your capacity to pay deep, intimate attention, reveals what is most deeply true. And this has been my journey, bringing alive these two streams, seeing how they are independent, how they work together. And these practices are based on the Dharma, on the deep understanding of what is true. I've grouped these practices together in a way that I'd like to share with you. They've given me what I've wanted and what I've needed in my journey. And they've helped myself and many others create a greater sense of wisdom, compassion, a heightened sense of intuition. And it's a privilege to share them with you.